Jesus. Thank you, worship team. God bless you. Well, how's everyone doing this morning? We have some empty spots because everybody's busy behind the scenes preparing for what we're about to feast on pretty soon. And um, so if you see some empty seats, this is why. The other thing is because I think people are afraid of cameras. Some of you have snuck a peek at our services and you're like, oh my goodness, that's what I look like. And so you sit further back. So we've played a joke on all of you today. We've put the camera facing you. (laughs) That's not true. I can't lie from the pulpit. That'd be awful. But wouldn't that be fun if the camera was pointing on all you people in the back just to give existence that you're here? Oh, Children, you are dismissed to go to Sunday school and to learn all that your teachers have prepared for you this morning. So that's grades JK to grade 5. The youth, um, grade 6 and upwards, will remain here. Well, it's Canada Day weekend. Yesterday was Canada's, what, 156th birthday? Six? Uh, Good, 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 I'm right. My husband was saying 59. He's adding three more years to his life by doing that. (laughs) I'll take the three years less. 156. You know, that seems old, but it's not. In comparison to the world, in comparison to, to where we are living, in comparison to the creation of time, what is 156 years? But it's nothing. It's nothing. If somebody were to be here today 100 years old, it's nothing for real for them. I remember in our former church, there was a lady, she lived to be, well, we had a few longevity that had longevity there. And one of them, 105, another one, 104. God bless them. I'll live to be when the Lord comes. And I'm not going a day before. I'm waiting till he comes. Okay, so if you're, if you're planning any celebrations of life, you'll have to plan them on the other side because I've uh, made it my intent. It's the rapture that I'm going up in. And I hope that you're all going up with me. Praise the Lord. This morning we're looking at Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verse 8. And we are, of course, you know, I was thinking upon some other scriptures to share. And the more I was thinking upon them, the more I kept coming back to this. And so, you know what, I surrendered that we're going to look at Canada. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. I thought maybe we would have sung our our national anthem today, but we could always get Elaine to do it a cappella. Do you remember all the words? Yeah. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Verse 18 and 19. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and 
amen. And may we insert this morning on behalf of Canada, may all of Canada be filled with his glory, amen and amen. Several years back when they were in deliberations as to what they should call Canada, uh, they could not come to an agreement, and so they broke for the day and said, we will resume our meetings tomorrow. And uh, so sure enough, Samuel Tilly was, uh, arose that morning, and he started to read his devotions. And in reading the Word of God, he found himself here in Psalm 72. And as he was reading Psalm 72, he felt heavenly impressed upon the Spirit of God that he was to propose to the council that day when they would resume their meetings to call Canada the Dominion of Canada. And so, of course, when he went to the meetings, um, I hear them clicking, so I think that means I wasn't in close enough. Thanks, you know. Um, and so, of course, when they went to the meetings and they resumed discussions, he proposed, gentlemen, I feel that we are to call the country the Dominion of Canada from the scripture that I read this morning of Psalm 72, verse 8. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. All the men that were in the proceedings that morning agreed, yes, Canada should be called the, the, the Dominion of Canada. A, a letter was written and uh, signed by Sir John A. Macdonald, and it was sent to Queen Victoria that we would call our country the Dominion of Canada. And it was because of this scripture verse that embedded itself into the heart of Samuel Tilly. The word of God stands. It not only became the, the, the provoking matter that led us to have a name, but this actual verse also has found itself in the crest and the coat of arms of our Canadian symbol. If you were to ever look at the Canadian coat of arms, you would see on it in Latin, from sea to sea. From sea to sea. May he have dominion from sea to sea. This morning, if you have chosen to make Canada your home, or if you have chosen uh, to immigrate to Canada, I want to let you know that once upon a time, despite the Canada that you might be seeing today, it was founded on the word of God and the principles of God. Because men prayed and sought God, what shall we call this country? If you were born here, you have something as a child of God to be proud of, that there were founding fathers that prayed and believed that we must establish this country on godly principles. So while it might be 156 years old, and while that might feel old, it is not old, it's far from old, but it is far from the moral standards in which it was built upon. It's far from the moral standards in which it was birthed upon. You see, there's this speech, there's a speech that takes place in Parliament. It's called the Speech of the Throne or the Throne Speech. And this speech 
is what dictates when all the business and the discussions take place. If this speech has not taken place, no direction or goals can be discussed. This speech, the speech from the throne, opens every new session in Parliament, and it introduces the government's new agenda, the government's new direction, and where it is going. What are the plans of the government? If this speech has not been made, then no business concerning Canada, no decisions concerning Canada can be made. I want to ask you this morning, as Canadians, as born-again Christians, have you heard the speech from the throne today for your life before you made any decisions? Have you developed the practice of seeking to hear the speech from the throne before you embarked on your day? Before leaving your house to go to work and conduct any matters at your place of work, at your school, in your classroom, on your walk, on your trail, have you sought for the speech from the throne of God to conduct you, to lead you, and to guide you into how he would want you to operate that day? You see, Canada has one thing right. No matters of business can be taken care of until the speech of the throne. But do we implement that in our very life? Once upon a time when we would go to school, we would start our day with the National Anthem, and after the National Anthem, there was Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespassers as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Luke gives the adage at the end. Matthew doesn't give the adage, but it makes it all the more powerful. This is how we used to start our days. We started our days. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. And then no sooner we were done standing beside our desk, we took that solemn vow. Our Father who art in heaven, we recognized him as the one who was leading us. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We invoked his will. We sought his kingdom. Give us this day. We sought him for our provision of that day. We sought him to forgive us as we would then forgive others. We sought that his will would be done. And what happened? It was taken from our schools. And what was inserted instead? A moral decline. A moral decline. No sooner the prayers came out of the school. You see, some students just said it by route of memory. But no sooner that prayer was removed from the school, guns started going into the school. 
because man sought to have his own control. Man sought to have his own way. What would be the Lord's message from the throne that we could look at today? What would God want to say to Canada from the throne? What would be the message? You know, when we think of it, there is a throne room in Revelations chapter 4, and it speaks of heaven's throne room. And there was John. And John says, after this, I looked and behold the door standing open in heaven. And there came from that throne room a voice. And when this voice spoke, it pierced right through to the heart of John. And it said, come up here, verse 1. And I will show you what must take place after this. So, of course, as John follows the tone of the voice and he obeys what the voice is calling him to do, he enters into the splendor of heaven's throne room. And there in heaven's throne room, he sees the one that has the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald. Such a beautiful sight. Something that captivated the attention of John. And while he was there, he sees that there's 24 elders and they are clothed in white garments and with golden crowns on their head. And from the throne room came, from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Now imagine starting your day of business with that sight before your eyes. Imagine being John and a voice says to you, come, come, come over here. And then you see the beauty of the jasper and the emerald. You see the flashes of the lightning. And you know that it's making an announcement of something, of someone. And when he looks, there's four creatures. First a living creature like that of a lion, and then one like that of an ox, and one with the face of a man, and the other like an eagle in flight. He is beholding something beautiful. And as they are hovering around the throne, these creatures, what are they crying out? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Read it with me out loud, verses 9 to 11. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him whose lives forever, who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. 
There is no earthly throne or power. There is no earthly throne or power that is above the power that was represented in the throne room of God. There is no earthly power that belongs any worship or any adoration more than that which was done right there in the throne room of God because to him belongs all authority and power. Colossians 1 verses 15 to 17 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He, and he is before all things and in him all things are hold together. You see, while parliament waits for the speech from the throne before they can execute any decisions concerning Canada, we look to the throne of God. We look to the one who sits on the throne, who holds all things together in his hand, and that by him and through him all things were made. And when we acknowledge who he is, then we acknowledge that he has all authority, all power, all dominion. And when we acknowledge that, we don't look to men and their ways and their decisions decisions in their house, but we look to the Almighty to say, how will you lead our country? How will you lead us? How will you guide us? How, how are we to walk in your will and in your way? Amen. What would be the message that he would say to Canada today? What would be the message from the throne room to Canada today? Malachi 3 verse 7. Return to me that I will return to you. Return to God, Canada. Return to the morals that you once were built upon. Return to the throne room. Get on your knees, O parliament men. O Prime Minister Trudeau. Start to pray and seek God. Return to me, Canada. Canada, it's time to return to the faith of our forefathers. It's time to seek God like we've never sought him before. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. If you had a guard that was lax in their bed, would they be your guard? If you had a guard that was never in sight, would they be your guard? And that's how we are as Christians. We have become lethargic and apathetic. We have allowed man to have his rule in his way and we haven't sought God and we haven't plundered the, the plow of heaven so that what God would have established that that would be done in our, in our country. Instead, we have allowed man to take away our rights as Christians. Instead, we have allowed them to infiltrate our schools with an, and, and indoctrinating our children. Why? Because we haven't gotten the calluses on our knees enough to cause the days and times to change. Oh, Canada, return to God. Return to God that he may return to you. Return to God that he may have dominion once again in Canada. We have strayed from any form of moral standards. Any form of moral standards. What would have these men of old, these forefathers of Canada, what would they say to us today? 
when they prayed and sought God? What would they say of the sexual perversion that has entered into our land, disguised as the expression of love, disguised as the acceptance of who you want to be and who you say you are? What would they say of the rebellion that has entered into our land, disguised as rights? I have my rights. I have my rights. It's my right. What would they say of the idol worship that is disguised as TV, social media, wealth, phones, prestige, power? What would they say to us if they were here this morning? What would be their sermon? What would they say of the gun violence disguised as justice in the hands of man? What would they say? We must turn from our evil ways. It's not new when we consider Israel. Was not Israel similar to us? Did they not love God today on Sunday and worship God with all their heart, soul, and mind and sing praises and do their dance? Then on Monday morning, wake up and follow Pharaoh? Was Israel not guilty of following after their own ways and their own desires? Oh, and then when things got rough, they said, God, where are you? Oh, God, why have we to suffer such pain? Isaiah 30, verses 1 to 3. Oh, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine, and who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction to take refuge in the protection of who? Pharaoh. And to seek shelter in the shadow of what? Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter of the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation. What did these people do? What did these Israelites do? Were they not a picture of us? Oh, yes, they were stubborn carrying out their own plans, not seeking God's plans. How many times have you just gone out and frivolously done something without praying and seeking God about it? Adding sin to sin. What happens when you add sin to sin is because you become inoculated against it. You become vaccinated against sin. Let's just use that word, not because I'm, I'm Miss Anti-Vax. But you become vaccinated in the sense that you've done it enough times, it has no piercing. It has no effect on you. You are no longer seared by your conscience, which is the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. Don't walk this way. Don't live that way. Taking refuge in Pharaoh. Yes, we take refuge in the government. Well, the government says, return to me, Canada. Return to me. That's what we should be praying, oh God, that we would return our country to the morals that you once had us to live. If we look back at chapter 30, of Isaiah, and we go to verses 8 and 11, it says this about these 
dear folks that are much like us. And now go write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever. For they are a rebellious people, a lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, don't see. And to the prophets, don't prophesy. Don't prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us with smooth prophecy. Tell us what we want to hear. Don't tell us what's going to pierce our heart. Don't tell us what's going to convict us. Don't tell us what's going to drive us to our knees. No, no, no. Tell us the good that we want to hear. Make us feel good. Don't see the debauchery of our land. See all the good that's happening. This was the way that the people were in. And it paints for us the way we are in today. It goes on, verse 11. Leave the way. Turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Don't talk to me about your God. Have you ever been told that? Witnessing to family members, okay, 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 I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, 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 I should go to church. Yeah, 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 you want me to believe in Jesus, okay, in due time I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada was founded upon the principles that recognize the supremacy of God. Could you believe that? It was founded upon those principles and the rule of law, and yet we are no better than those <clears throat> who called him Yahweh. That's what the children of Israel said, Yahweh, faithful one. Listen to what Daniel did when he saw the conditions of the people of Israel. He remembered that the Lord had spoken a word of promise over them. And yet what he saw the people doing in the way that they were living was not anything near what they should be living according to the promise that God had spoken over them. And if you go to Daniel chapter 9, he, you're going to see that he recalls when, he, when God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah over his people. And what did he say through the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 29, verses 11 and 12? I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And what? I will hear you. Daniel is saying, God, I remember when you spoke that you had a plan, plans for good, a pro of, of future, and a hope of welfare. But God, when I look to the people and I look to the land, I neither see a future nor a hope. I neither see them prospering nor in welfare. Lord, I don't see this promise that you spoke coming to pass and so God I will do what your word said to do in the promise pray pray and so Daniel set himself to pray 
Look at verse four with me, if you would. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, Daniel chapter nine, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness. Jumping down to verse um, This is verse 7. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery they have committed against you. And down to verse 9. To you are... The Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophet. All Israel has transgressed your laws and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and the oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. Is that not us again today? Walking in rebellion, sinning against God? walking according to our own ways. He recognized the sin and the rebellion that was in his land. He recognized the sin and the rebellion of the people. And what did he do? He turned his face towards God. That's the latter part of the promise of Jeremiah. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. It's Daniel saying, God, if you have declared this word over your people, then God, I am going to do that which you said in your word. You said, then I will call upon you, then I will come to you and pray, and then you will hear. So now, God, I am turning my face towards you, and I am seeking you for the answer. And what did he do? He fasted and he prayed. Sometimes, you know what, we feel as though we don't have a voice. Who am I? But I'm just melody. One in how many million in Canada? Well, how could my voice change the trajectory of Canada? How could my voice have any effect if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray? then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. If just me prays and just you prays and just she prays and just he prays and just they pray, then together God hears all of these prayers 
And what is his promise? He will hear from heaven and heal the land. Paul said it this way in Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You think that your voice has no authority? You think that your prayer is not big enough just because it's little old you? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we don't know what to pray. God, I don't even know where to begin to pray for Canada. She's so a mess. For we, uh, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings too deep for words. Has it ever happened to you that you've gone before the throne of God and you just had no words, but you just had a groan? And you just had a wail in your heart. And it challenged you. When Daniel prayed and he turned his face towards God and he cried out with pleas of mercy, the actual Hebrew here for that mercy is a wrestling. When he pleaded for mercy, there was a wrestling, similar to the wrestling that Jacob did in Genesis. When he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, and when he prayed concerning the people, and he prayed with that deep sense that was within him, it was as Paul has described to us, that sense of a groaning, an emphatic type of prayer. We might not know how to pray. We might feel powerless in our singleness of prayer, but pray we must. Pray we must. We must pray nonetheless because Daniel turned to the Lord and prayed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfastness. If he said that when my people will humble themselves and pray that he would hear, then his covenantal promise is that he will hear when you pray. His covenantal promise is that when you go before him, he inclines his ears to your voice. Again, if my people who are called by my name, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. Daniel prayed. Daniel sought the face of God. And Daniel repented on behalf of God's people. Can you pray this morning? Are you seeking the face of God? There must be a turning from and a turning towards. God, I'm going to turn from the ways that are holding me back. And I'm going to turn towards you who is calling me, come up here come up here. Amos, when the people were not living the way that God had called them to live, in chapter 5, he says, seek the Lord and live. Seek me and live. Seek the Lord and live, least, verse 6, least he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it with none to quench it for Bethel. 
Then in, in verse 14 again he says, Seek good and not evil that you may live so that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you as he has said. Seek God and live. You want to see what God's going to do in your land? Then you know what? Individually make that commitment. God, I'm going to pray today for my prime minister and for those that lead the country with him. Amos was calling on the people to turn from their ways and to seek God. Canada needs to return to seeking God. Did I lose you this morning? You seem a little bit serious. Canada needs to return to seeking God. Canada needs to return to seeking God. Not seeking how many people we could, we could have to populate our land. Not seeking how much liberties we can give to the people but how we could lead this country in the way that God would lead the country. Our churches need to return to including in their prayers, praying regularly for our leadership of this country. If we were to just try it, the Lord says, try me. If we were to just try it, put it to the test, would we see a difference? You know, it makes me think of, Ezi, of um, Elijah. Elijah entered into a land and all of a sudden he is there and Ahab and Jezebel had been leading the people, kind of like our governmental system, leading the people into their own ways. And there was idolatry in the land and all sorts of evil. And Ahab was even more evil than his father and Elijah said that there would be neither rain nor dew until he had spoken the word. And what did Elijah do? He began to seek after God. Did we not cover that series exhaustively in the fall when we did it on Wednesday night Bible studies? But it reminds me of the times that, A that Elijah was in when Ahab and Jezebel, when there was a root of witchcraft, when there was a root of rebellion, when there was that Jezebel spirit that was hovering over, seeking to control in her way and in her how. But there was a man that sought God. There was a man that sought God, and it even causes me to remember that when he went to the widow's house, because the Lord had been feeding him at the brook called Cherith. But when he went to the widow's house, she was preparing her last meal for her and her son. And in preparing the last meal for her and her son, he had the audacity to ask her to prepare something for him. But then, the, the fast forward, this boy dies. And it makes me to think of our country. This boy dies, and there is Elijah in the house of the widow. God, you sent me here. God, you drove me to this place. God, you told me to ask her to prepare a meal for me, and now you take her son 
And what did he do? He went behind closed doors. He took that son and he went behind closed doors and he sought the face of God. Some of you have come to Canada and Canada is not your birthplace, but you felt intense within your heart to make Canada your home. And when you come here, you see that some of her ways are no better than maybe where you left. And God, what did you bring me to? What did Elijah do? He went behind closed doors and he prayed and he sought God and he sought God and he prayed and he prayed and he sought God. And what did he do? He laid upon that child until that child breathed life again. You look around this room, there are many cultures and ethnicities. And I bet you the greater portion of you, that's not even the right term to use in church, I would say that the greater portion of you would not be ones that were born in Canada. But this Canada is dying before you. A moral decline. And what does he call you to do? Pray. Get a map if you have to of Canada. Put it in your room. Lay on it. And pray. And pray. And pray. And pray. And seek God. That he would change the land. There are three peace towers in Canada. And on each of those peace towers is inscribed the word of God. The east tower, the east window, has a scripture that we have already read, a Psalm 72, verse 8, that he may have dominion. The south tower, the south window, has the scripture of Psalm 72, verse 1, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. And on the west tower says Proverbs 29:18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, the people perish. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, remember the vision that Daniel looked to? And he reminded himself of what God prophetically spoke through Jeremiah. And he said, God, you, you said your plans were that they would prosper and be in good health. And that they had a future and a hope. Well, if you're a gatekeeper in the land, which each of us are as children of God, then you choose the tower you're going to pray over. Will you pray that God has dominion because you're praying on the east tower, looking out the east window? God, you have dominion in this land. God, you take the throne. Will you be the south tower? Will you pray for justice to prevail? 
Or will you take the West Tower and pray that God would give the people of the land that propensity to pray as Daniel prayed, that God would give Canada a vision again, that she would not be perishing or casting off restraints. Our government needs to be reminded to return to giving God the dominion of the land that his righteousness and justice would prevail, that we would embrace the vision. God has a plan of welfare and not of evil, a vision for a future and a hope. May we pray over our country these scriptures because God opposes injustice. He opposes deceit. And he opposes the arrogance and the pride. Why? Because those elders, when John was called up to the throne of God, those elders were there praying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Return to him. Canada will return to him when God's people return to him. When each of us individually return to God, in our conviction, in our morals, in our daily walk, when we go to the throne room of God and say, Lord, what is your speech for today concerning my life? And if each of us in this room were to tackle each day hearing from the throne room of God first and return to him, little by little, Canada will change. Canada will change. Why? Because Micah 6 and 8 says this. He has told you, O man, what is good and what is just. What the Lord requires of you. What? To do justice, to love mercy. To walk humbly with your God. He has shown you, Logos, what the Lord requires of you. He has shown you, Logos, what the Lord requires of you. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. I'm just going to call the worship team to come forward. But may we not be like the people of Isaiah, that said, oh, don't come to us, Pastor Julio, Pastor Melody. Don't come to us anymore with your words of what's right. We don't want to hear it. Don't speak to us that way. Speak to us with smooth words. Speak to us. Don't, don't talk to about us about your God. Speak to us with smooth words. No, may we not be those people. God is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because he ascended to the Father. He ascended to the throne. And he's saying, Canada, return to me.
Return to me, Canada. You know, the bell on Parliament Hill has a scripture verse. Isn't it funny how our whole parliamentary system, if you went to Ottawa and visited our parliament buildings, you will see the word of God everywhere. And on the bell says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Luke 2. Glory to God in the highest. Lord, I pray that you would ring the bell. Ring that bell that there would be a sound in Canada. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. God, we pray right now for our parliament. We pray right now for Justin Trudeau. That, Lord, you would shake everything that needs to be shaken. That, Lord, the people of Canada will no longer be crying out, Oh, give us the sweet words. Give us the smooth words. But, God, that they would be crying out, Give us justice in the land. Return us to the moral standards. Return us to the word of God. Lord, that you would prevail in Canada once again. That your people would be found on their knees seeking God, looking to God. That your people would be found humbly looking to you, believing so that, Lord, you would turn and hear their prayers and heal the land. God, let there be a shaking. Let that bell ring at random moments that everybody would be hearing it saying what is that sound but it's the sound of the glory of God chiming through Canada let that bell ring night let it ring day I pray oh God that you would shake it in the ears of Trudeau that every time he approaches a meeting there would be a sound of the bell glory to God in the highest Oh, Father God, set watchmen on the walls like you did in the days of Ezekiel. Let the people of Logos take a, and choose a window. I'm going to choose the south gate. I'm going to choose the window of the west gate. I'm going to choose the window of the east gate. I'm going to pray believing that he will have dominion. I'm going to pray believing that he will have justice. I am going to pray believing that the vision of our forefathers would be returned to the land. God, have your way. Have your way that Canadians would take up their place at the altar for their country. That in so doing, you would be glorified. Shake Canada right to her foundations. Shake her to her foundations. Shake her to her foundations. Strip everything that needs to be stripped. And shake everything that needs to be shaken until all that stands, O oh God, is you ruling and reigning within our land. Because worthy are you. Worthy are you. O oh Lord, our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power because you created all things and through you all things were created. Thank you, Jesus.